Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello everyone, I'm Jack Ricks and we've got a full complement of us in the studio again. So we've got the two Ollies, the famous comedy duo, uh, <laughs> Ollie Q and Ollie Marriage and Rowan Horncastle. And uh, t- this is this is the issue podcast, this is the main issue pod. So we're talking about issue 375, that is the one that has um, the Lotus Electra and the Tesla Model X on the cover. Um, that story um, we've covered... Uh, in its entirety in a standalone podcast so that's already live you can go and listen to that um, but we're going to cover everything else that's in the magazine and bring you how it all happened and why it all happened and and everything else and probably go off on several tangents but before we do that why don't we go around the room and see what everyone's been up to who wants to go first i want to go first because i've i've had a throwback week um i've been doing a recce for a future a bit of content that was, it was all very exciting where I needed a noisy car and because of Goodwood and everything else that was going on all the noisy cars were booked out and being used for marketing activities etc put on stands did you literally phone up and go hello uh, Rowan from Top Gear can I have a noisy car please, please yes <laughs> the cylinder count needs to be very high what do you have um, and uh, the, the good people at Audi said oh we've got an Audi R8 LMX so that was the limited edition, I think, 99... Was it the last of the first generation R8? Exactly, and the first with uh, laser lights, which really... Frickin' laser lights. <laughs> really, really annoyed BMW with their i8. Didn't that have laser lights, and they just got in there before? The i8 was meant to be the first production car to have laser lights, and then Audi just did a special edition. <laughs> just a special edition. Literally just to Ooh, wind them up. Ooh, this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely blue paint, had the wing from the GT. Um, it looked gorgeous. I saw it um, at Goodwood. You, you drove it down there, didn't you? Yeah, and that's the thing. It still looks like a very, very mod- like, it could come out yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then you get in it, and it felt like a, a Lamborghini Diablo or something. Because <laughs> you couldn't believe it. First thing, it's got one of those 41 pin or 37 pins or 39, whatever, the old iPod uh, uh, connector. Then you've got a manual handbrake. You instead of just having a little dibble pebble for a gear knob now that you have in modern Porsche and stuff, has a full stick that comes out, and then you just bang that into automatic and, and get going. Uh, it had a physical key that you had to put in and turn. And I was like, these are all fantastic elements. <laughs> how are the screen lost. graphics, though? How are the screen graphics? I couldn't actually work out how to connect to Bluetooth, and it only had three radio stations. I didn't like any of them. <laughs> so I had my special on long wave. <laughs> I just had my AirPods in the whole time. Um, but then I just pulled them out any time a tunnel would come along, uh, because that V10 sounds fantastic. Because, again, before filters have started just muting absolutely everything, mm. it sounds fantastic. But... I then went on auto trade, or other classified places are available. I went to look at how much second hands were, what ones are. That, that generation, you can pick them up for absolutely. Shh, shh, shh. Don't say anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not say a anymore. lot of I've money. I've been looking at our, uh, early R8 V8 manuals for far too long and, the problem and is haven't pressed go on. There's really yet. scabby ones for like 30, under 30. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. And you sort of think. Well, 35, 38 gets you quite a tidy exactly. one. But it had yeah. heavy steering. It just felt very muscular. It was like, mm. wow, this is a this is a proper supercar. And this was the generation where it's like, ah, oh, you can start using supercars a bit more day to day. And I remember, Ollie, you had that um, long-term second mm. generation, which then be- became more, even more usable. But I just thought, this is a really good middle ground of, you know, a, a proper shouty. Got so much attention everywhere. 
compared to a lot of modern supercars too. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. So that's what I've been. Yeah. Ollie, how serious are you about an R8 V8 manual? Because I've been looking at them a lot recently. Yeah. I've got, I got I have quite serious. Do you want to yeah. go halves? <laughs> Do you want to go well, halves? Do you want to There's a house extension we're meant to be building. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just sleep yeah. in the car. Yeah, exactly. Technically. Yeah, yeah. What have you been up to, Q? Well, I've had to be... I'm also planning a bit of future content that um, will be revealed on this podcast in due course. But as part of it, I'm going to book lots of cars. And it's quite eclectic, and it's turning my hair grey. One of them was an R8 V8 manual Mark 1, which Audi <laughs> happened to have in a shed somewhere with a combination lock that Ollie Marriage doesn't know the number to. <laughs> but, I mean, anyone who's a real nerd might be able to guess what we're trying to set up here. But I've been trying to book a selection of cars, including a uh, 2008 Volkswagen Scirocco, a, uh, a, a, a L322 generation Range Rover, Remember the bug eye Fiat Multipler? Remember that really weird oh, yeah, six yeah. With a, with thing? Doubled sort of. Yeah, incredibly. That is harder to book for, you know, the purposes of creating photo and video than a Bugatti Chiron Super Sport. <laughs> if you see a multipler, if I see one, I'm going to jump out in the motorway and flag him down. Stop! Yeah. <laughs> I need you for, for content. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you 300 quid for that car now. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I've been, um, I can't reveal too much more at the moment, but I've been, yeah, hitting the phones to, it's just been, it's been an interesting thing. I'm trying to source a lot of cars from a recent, um, period of time and but also listeners if you're a keen top gear magazine subscriber and have been yeah you may be able to work out the correlation between those cars and more so yeah it's uh, you know it's funny that a nissan 350z one that's not been modified not been crashed not been you know had the diff welded up so someone could just you know bin it on instagram um quite difficult to find so yeah that's my current quest we are getting um, a bit desperate with a few so if you may see on topgear.com we may be asking for some owners <laughs> we're gonna send soon. we're gonna send out the bat signal and listeners you're gonna be in yeah a, but instead a, of a intrinsic bat, part of helping us out here instead of a bat it's a 1995 bmw 5 series so i just put that signal up on the top of the bbc <laughs> Should we just do a whole separate pod where you just like the shipping forecast you just read out the cars that yeah. we don't have yet oh, yeah. i don't know yeah stay tuned for <laughs> Why on earth I'm booking such an eclectic mix of randomers? Oh, well, at well. completely the opposite end of the scale, I had a one-of-one experience down at Goodwood. I got to drive some stuff up the hill, one of which was the Porsche 93681, which was the 1981 Le Mans winner, the very definition of don't crash or do anything stupid or anything else, which was, yeah, quite an experience because... Of all the cars you can drive up the hill at Goodwood, the last thing you want to drive is an old Le Mans car because they're geared to do 230 miles an hour on the Mulsanne <laughs> straight. And they do so, first gear runs to 100 miles an hour. There's t- epic turbo lag. This is like a two, 2.65 litre flat six with twin turbos, but it's not interested below 5,000 revs. And because first gear runs to 100 miles an hour, you're basically slipping the clutch to 50 miles an hour. That's the same gearbox they put in the Cayman these days, though, isn't it? To be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Long final like drive. Yeah. That's where they got the idea from. So, was it wet and you had to drive this monster? Uh, no, thank God Saturday was cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, luckily, Sunday was much better, so that was it. Was it was okay from that point of view? But ahead of me, um, driving a nine one seven thirty, which is the proper hairy ass Can Am interseri car, was Richard Atwood, who won Le Mans in nineteen seventeen and nine seventeen, and is therefore a legitimate hero. 
um, who proceeded to launch that one off the line with about maximum revs and dump the clutch. And I thought, well, when you've driven if the anything went, at the yeah, Mon, exactly. Like, everything else. If is I just had a his talent and if I had his reputation, then I could probably get away with it. And his insurance but, policy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't think I could, so I went for slipping it off and tickling it up the hill as gently as I could and getting into the top paddock. Yeah, but you've <laughs> so, not become YouTube infamous, so we know that it did yeah, go it well. Yeah, went, it all went fine, but my God, the turbo lag is amazing. And then when it comes in, it's just this relentless... I described it as like, foot, like when you're surfing and falling down the front of a wave, like this <laughs> huge impression of power behind you, and yet you've got this relentless shoot down the front that is, that's happening to you it's just yeah it's quite a thing I, I don't get that on my bodyboard or my boogie <laughs> I was board say, yeah, I so. he looked at me while he was saying <laughs> that as if I know what it's like to surf <laughs> oh yeah I know exactly what you mean mate yeah surf's up dude no, but, the, but there is a video on volley it's just an onboard and it's just the most natural thing because you get to the end uh, people don't realise but once you've crossed the finish line at Goodwood mm. there is still quite a lengthy I don't actually yeah, know the yeah. distance to get to the top paddock and you're just in hysterics at yeah, the yeah. boost of the, and having survived the relief uh, yeah, yeah exactly so check that out that's yeah. on topgear.com if you want to check it out well I've been up to something equally as thrilling which is um, being an emergency medic to my daughter who dropped a bowling ball on her <laughs> big toenail at the weekend which was I mean I've driven some pretty exciting cars in my time but nothing can quite beat the adrenaline rush of uh, your children seriously injuring themselves <laughs> in quite a funny way and trying yeah, to laugh. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's I, like, you know, it was a few minutes after she had dropped this ball and her entire toenail had fallen off. Sorry, readers, if you're eating while, while you're listening to this. <laughs> um, uh, I thought, oh, this is going to be a great story. When she's 18, you know, this is going to be like a legendary family story of the day that um, I was solo parenting because my wife was away for the weekend. And almost killed my children with a bowling ball. Did you get ball. a life report out of it? Are we seeing the, is the BMW i4 used in any way here? The BMW i4 was uh, in the car park. I'm trying to think. It was... Blue I mean, flashing light on top. Straight, yeah, straight exactly. to casualty. <laughs> Mean or... Oh, no, we haven't got enough charge. Sorry, <laughs> you're going to have to take your foot. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Um, let's talk about... Uh, so, this issue. So, trending opener is something called the 911 ST which um, we're all trying to get our head, heads Is around Is there a, a new type of Porsche 911? <laughs> yeah. Well, Porsche are <laughs> doing this thing that Porsche does better than anyone, really, which is take this incredible box of bits they have and rearrange them slightly to create mouth-watering additions that get enthusiasts really, really excited. And this is, I think, in a nutshell, a, a, a GT3 RS touring. I thought so, it was going to be a sports tourer. I thought no, we were going to no. get a 911 Estate. No, that would be... Oh, oh I thought they'd done a collab with Ford. Like, the Fiesta ST doesn't exist anymore, so yeah, there's a 911 ST It's a three-cylinder turbo. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's got no suspension in it. No, so it's, it's, it's a really exciting car. Um, uh, Tom went to see it in a, in a studio in Germany, so we've got a walk-around video of it, but um, with Andreas Preuninger showing him around. But rest assured... Uh, Yes, they're Paul, all going to go. Porsche files are going to get very hot under the collar about yeah. this one. The poor <laughs> website developer for Porsche. If you click on the 911 tab, how many boxes he has to create now just to put the 911 range in it? I know, the servers the running the configurator for Porsche must be running hotter than the Bitcoin ones now. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. absolutely off the charts. There's just on the red line going, oh no, they've done a Targa version. <laughs> the, yeah, exactly, they've just got some work experience kid in, in, in Germany, someone just icing down the servers, just like every time it gets released. Andreas, no more. No, what we're going to do is we're going to have, this one's going to have no wing, but, uh, you know, lightweight version. Anyway, um, Really exciting car, but look, let's um, let's let's save the the verdicts on that one till we drive it because it's 
yeah, it's going to be quite a special thing. Speaking but there are dr- some cars we've driven, haven't we? Well, yeah, I was going to say, mm. speaking yeah. of driving cars, <laughs> that's a world's worst that segue. We yeah, well, occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> we've driven some. Well, what have we driven, Ollie? So the Drive's opener, our big group test, the big test this month is our big BMW M2 group test. And so by now you should be able to find on the Top Gear YouTube channel Ollie Marriage's big film of the M2 taking on two grudge matches, really. It's two for the price of one in that because you've got the Porsche Cayman GT4 in a lovely fetching shade of pink, actually. Very Barbie movie, Ollie. Very on point. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so that's like the benchmark kind of new current sports car. Mm. Um, it's up against and then you were also kind of quite cruel to it and threw in a 1M yeah exactly it's granddad and where that whole kind of punchy pugnacious BMWs come Mm. from what we've done um, given that's on the video we've done a slightly different test for the mag and just thrown it up against well I came in again because it had to be done and then I was thinking actually the new RS3 now it's got this clever sort of rear diffs in it and it's got a bit of handling smarts about it and you know, the, we're getting into these end of an era style cars now where, you know, BMW have said the M2 is the last non-hybrid rear drive manual gearbox car that M's going to make. Porsche, confirm the next Cayman will be electric. Audi, all new RS cars will be electric as of, I think, about 2028, certainly by 2030. And they absolutely can't make this um, five-cylinder engine for much longer because it spits out, you know, more CO2. It's got got this far to be up. Yeah, completely. So, um, yeah, we've been up to Yorkshire. We had um, all the weathers, all the seasons in one day. Um, There's some very coquettishly posing sheep in this shoot, for which I (laughs) Um, apologise. Look at this one lying down here. It's like, you know, draw me like one of your French girls. But, um, yeah, just... <laughs> had a good old, good old fashioned group test, and I genuinely mean old fashions because I just yeah. don't think in a couple of years, you know, it feels like you'll be having some, you know, your grandchildren sat on your lap going, Yeah, once we had this test. Well, that, that was with it. Old BMW, Porsche, and Audi. It feels like the dying generation, really. Yeah, print out the opener, get it on your wall, frame it up. Yeah, we've called it last chance sports cars because they simply aren't going to be not they aren't going to be successors to any of these cars. And if well, if they are, they're going to be very different things with dual motor, yeah. electric, and two tons. Yeah. So, so I think three fantastic cars in their own way. But we had to pick a winner, and the M2 started off stone dead last, and gradually clawed its way forward. And I did get under my skin by the end of the show. How did it start it, last? What yeah. were the parameters to yeah. put it at the end? Well, you I, go first, Ollie, on this. I just... Uh, partly it's haunted by the old M2 for me, which I was like, better looking, easier to use inside, better sounding, lighter. lighter. You know, I don't care about having extra power because it's offset by the weight. But it, I just... Yeah, it's a difficult car to warm to and everything like Ollie was saying the other week on the pod, every time you get out it and look at it and go, you know, why have they left the factory moulds on the thing? It's just, you know, it's like driving around in a Halloween pumpkin in November after it's gone mouldy. It's just, it's a real mess. But I just had a, you kind of keep giving it the benefit of the doubt again. There'll be some M car magic in here somewhere. And I ended up having kind of one of those early morning drives in it, sort of going out in it again, going, no, come on, there must be a decent car under here. And actually when I wasn't, in a hurry to get from A to B and I was just sort of in taking my time over it, enjoying the gear shift or whatever else and finally found the time to pull over and set up the mode. So I was like, yeah, this is still actually, it's it still got it. And I kind of agree with what um, Chris Harris himself was saying in his column in the mag, I think last month, saying, you know, you can decry it for having ugly nostrils and an annoying touchscreen all you like. And I have done that and I will continue to do that. <laughs> but in a few years it'll be gone. And when there's only electric M cars, you might well miss something like the old M2. And you'll yeah. look back on what you wrote and gone, oh, I was spoiled and stupid because I, I, 
we didn't realize how great it was that there was a company mm-hmm. still building cars, always, cars yeah. like with this. T- with time, your, your opinion to a car can soften, can't it? Yeah, but they're finding it more and more difficult to build these cars. So the reason that, uh, the other reason, I think if we look behind it a bit further, we, that we don't, we were worried about the M2, is that it's actually a, it's a M4, a four series platform underneath it. Because BMW, that is the smallest rear wheel drive platform that BMW have now, because the one series is now front drive mini platform. Mm. So basically what you've got is a short wheelbase M4. Um, and because of that, they've it, it's a, it feels a big car. You get into it. And it's not an M2 used to be this tight little pugnacious, aggressive thing. And this feels like a bigger, wider, broader, more mature car. Having said that, they've done some very clever stuff to it. So compared with an M3 or an M4, it's got it feels like it's got a sharper front end and a slightly more a gentler back end. So they because they want it to feel a bit more wayward at the back, so it feels a bit more playful like mm-hmm. the old one did. Mm-hmm. And they've done that really quite successfully. Mm-hmm. It's not as because originally when we first Ollie and I were talking about this test and what we how we were going to do it. The, first, the original plan was to include an Alpine A110R in there alongside a Cayman. And we worked out, actually, that it's you need to, certainly for the magazine test, we wanted to frame it with something on either side of it. And the M2, BMW haven't used that as their, you know, they're not, this is not a super hardcore car. No, this is your daily sports car. So the A110R is just going to be too aggressive for it on one side. The RS3 frames it really nicely and it gives you know, that contrast with the, the Cayman GT4 which irritatingly remains just a sodding, sodding good sports <laughs> yes, car. So it's, oh my god, it's so to, flattering, it's so crisp. to shock crisp. you all but what a car. Yeah, yeah. And also I don't know how he's done so it annoying. but Mark Riccioni took the pictures for the magazine test. Go and get the mag because it might be the best looking M2 I've seen yet. I don't know how he's done it but <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it now I'm going, it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I did have that question about the the Mini M3, M4, because Mm. Jack and I were recently in America, and I had a manual M3 for two weeks, which it was really bizarre having lived with a normal one, one, automatic Mm. one, competition one, um, for quite a long time over here. Just having that manual gearbox made the car feel smaller because you have more connection Mm. to it, but just in the cabin... But also, we're in America where everything's about four yeah, times the size. Yeah, yeah. But then mm-hmm. it was super interesting because with that um, S58 straight line six turbocharge, mm-hmm. it's not calibrate. When you're used to the calibration of the eight speed automatic to then go to the six speed manual, completely changed the characteristic of the engine because it was a bit more boosty and mm. you had to work it a lot more mm. which added that interaction which we always complain about but then well, I came back I didn't get to drive the M2 because I was in America but saw it and I thought you know is it just an, an M3 uh, just a tiny bit smaller because it doesn't actually look no, that small it, it is because it's got this it feels like quite a different car to drive because it has got this sort of extra ag- aggression on the front axle, sharper on the front axle, and then this softer response at the mm. back. So the M3, which is quite snatchy when you're trying to, when you go quick in it, this feels a bit more sort of relaxed and a bit, way having a bit of fun like, rolling around a bit. Yeah, exactly that. Like in the, even the voice you put on there, it's like, I've put a bit of this in the feature, but it's like 
you know those people you know you go to shake like a guy's hand you don't know him very well you meet him at like a stag do or something mm. and he grabs you by the hand and he shakes your hand so hard that all of your knuckles crack yeah. and he like giggles to himself because he's like ha and then he slaps you on the back and it wins you and you're like all right mate you're an alpha male i get it but then you actually go and have a few beers with him and he turns out he's quite a good laugh that is the new m2 mm. like and he's quite... really sensitive and he's yeah. <laughs> got a load of and teddy really, bears at home he's really insecure yeah. about his weight all right let's really flesh this character out because you're, you're going yeah. psychoanalyzing the people who set this up. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, boat shoes, obviously. But um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's one of those things, that as a first impression, I was like, I'm going to hate this guy, I mean, car. But then I did end up getting on quite well. But can I, I think you've done a beautiful job of explaining uh, <laughs> how it fits and why it's reason to exist, this mm. car, and why, mm. yes, there are, you know, you can nitpick. But wouldn't you just have a used Last gen car, yes, yeah, all day yeah, and twice on Sundays, and yeah. and that's why the, having that one M along was really interesting. A, it, we, it shows how much of a skunk works project that was because that engine that in the in the one M has got a very little character into it because it's not. A lot of people think that's a twin turbo engine. It's not. It's a single turbo. BMW are very clever and they called that engine twin power, which just meant it had twin scrolls, so twin yeah. inlets into the turbo. To allow them for you know, well the done marketing to be smoothed mm. out, so it got very little character. It's quite, it's very smooth, but it hasn't. There's not, a, not a great deal of distinctive noise to it. Whereas the M2 does actually sound really good yeah. through the um, speakers, probably through the speakers, yeah. 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 through the speakers. But we got, we got so used to that. So good, it was that, yeah, like, yeah. That, oh, what a stance. tiny yeah, size, yeah. yeah but you also feel is. the one M. You also feel like you sit quite high in it. Um, it's the seat doesn't have anything like as much sport, and I do really, oh, this is the one thing about the M2. If you have got an order in for an M2, do not have the manual gearbox with the silly seats which have the cocky bit between your legs. <laughs> the carbon because, speed bump. The carbon <laughs> speed bump between your legs. Because every time you press the clutch down, that digs into your leg. And it's super irritating. So is there, what's what's the next level down? Is it, it, There's just a, I think there's a regular sport car. Just, 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 yeah, just have that. Yeah, it just, yeah. It's have like a silly slowly seat. getting a wedgie. Again, this is what the, <laughs> it's like the car being, all right, yeah, I'm one of the lads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, like a little wedgie and a noogie. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then it sort of like punches you in the crotch for a laugh. Like <laughs> it thinks it's been fun and you're just like, oh, every time I change gear, oh, so irritating. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can enjoy your M2 how you want. You can read about it in the latest mag. You can head over to YouTube, watch the video. We've done everything you'd want to do with the new M2. And um, I think we'll miss it when it's gone. What well, wins the test? Oh, you have to buy the magazine for that, uh, Jack. <laughs> salesman over here. Um, <laughs> read all, all right. about it. All right, okay, let's keep let's keep the, the magic mystery alive. Um, okay, let's move on then to uh, to the features run. So as I said, the Lotus Electra versus... The Tesla, our uh, secret Model naughty X. test. Yeah, our we, secret we, naughty we, test. We, Find out why it was secret and naughty by listening to the entire podcast we did on that. Yeah. Um, that my should... knuckles are still hurting from Lotus hitting me with a ruler. Yeah, <laughs> my, my wrist is firmly slapped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to stand outside the Lotus headmaster's office. Yeah. Um, all right, and then off the back of that, another electric SUV. It's actually an electric SUV concept called the Pininfarina Pura Vision. Did I, pron- I pronounce that terribly? Didn't Every I? single time on the pod, we have some pronunciation, really mangled Italian I think it's pronunciation. I think you spend a lot of your time, what um, you know, reading articles online, or we're writing them ourselves mm. on on a word processor, otherwise known as a 
laptop. Um, An electronic typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> typewriter. Uh, are they and, serious about this thing? So, yes, apparently. So, so um, it's an absolutely mad looking thing it is pininfarina as you know who are who are now setting themselves up as a standalone car company it's pininfarina automobili is the is the car making division so obviously the batista um all-electric hypercar um which is based around uh rimat's nevera underpinnings they've already sold that um and then they sold them all I don't rumours that they're struggling to get rid of them. Mm, yeah. I think that's why there's a few special editions there's a new, <laughs> coming there's a along. Nino Farina edition. <laughs> uh, I think basically what they realised was that, um, I don't even remember, when they first launched the car, they did an Anniversario edition. Um, I think they only made five of them or something, but they sold out straight away. They did an anniversario special edition, an anniversary special edition. <laughs> three, three months. It was a company, yeah, yeah. company anniversary, not a um, day one of production anniversary. Um, so they've now done the Nino Farina edition. Um, I think five of them they're going to make. They they figured out people quite like to buy into like a bit of a story. It's more of a kind of collector's item to be a very short run rather than just. A blank. They, 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 they scratched their head and they oh they bumped into Horacio Pagani in the bar in Italy and they're like, we're really struggling to sell those. What should we do? Uh, you should take it one and make a special edition and make twenty five of them. And, there we go. Yeah. and that's it. Yeah. yeah so that's the, Boss, what you do with the cheers Zonda. Cheers, Horacio. What'll it be? Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, Next year's one will be the Salio Anniversario, and it's the year's anniversary of actually selling one, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> Deary me. So now they've basically so, so, done what everyone in the world has to do and. They've done a hypercar. Now here's an SUV. Here's an electric Correct. SUV. But this being Pininfarina, the you know the, the most famous um, Italian design house out there, they have they have to move design on. They have to challenge people. It's certainly quite a challenging thing to look at. Um, I mean, if you thought the Pura Sangue Ferrari was hard to define, yeah. is it an SUV? Yeah. Is it a raised estate car? Is it a kind of you know melted FF? Good luck with this, because yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it now, and it's sort of like part space shuttle, part trainer that Adidas would rather yeah, I didn't mention. Yeah, I saw trainer. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah yacht, a bit of... apparently there's there's yacht influences. Oh, of course there yacht is. Of course such a cliche. Yeah. That's like fighter jets. When, I was going to say private jet. That'll be an interior from a private jet, obviously. I just can't get the um, scale of it, because no doubt it's on... 48-inch donk <laughs> wheels, and it's just got a protruding... It's like they've arse. forgotten to put a, win- a sort of proper window line in it, though. They've just squished it down. It's like one of those oh. old sort of slammed... You're not going to see a thing if you're sitting in the back. No. No. Which could either be, you know, if you're being shuttled around uh, by your chauffeur, that could be a good thing, yeah. or if you're a small child who wants to see what's going on outside... There's some the only car brand I can think of that has got something. There's something in the rear three quarter angle that looks a bit like a Citroen or DS. Mm. No, what was that? Um, it's like that Gran Turismo concept that Citroen did years ago. That white GT, one. GT, by GT by Citroen. Yeah, yeah, it's got a bit of that. It's got a bit of that, but then it's got like this massive carbon fiber diffuser that looks like it could come off a Le Mans winner, but it's hovering like three feet in the <laughs> air. The now, I don't know, yeah, I'm not yeah, Adrian yeah. Newey and don't know much about aerodynamics, but I think a diffuser has to be pretty close to the ground to do anything yeah. aerodynamic. Yeah. So I think they're kind of having their cake and eating at it. But it looks, it's got white wall tyres. So, you know, rockabilly, get your 1950s enthusiasm out. I'd, yeah. Is this real, Jack? Is so this a this concept is the, car? This Can is I the, buy one? This is their show of intent <laughs> that they want. They basically want to make it, but you know, you've got to appreciate how tiny a company, you know, Pininfarina is. They're just starting up, 
And this is where they want to go. But how do you build it? You know, your own platform from scratch is out of the question. So they need a technology partner with it. You can't put a Rimats Nevera under there. Oh, um, with that attitude. <laughs> come on. You can, you can weld it. So it's not, it's not based on a Nevera underneath then? No, no, no. So no, this wait, would have to be a bespoke platform. Don't tell me this is like an Alfa Romeo Tonali or something Ooh. underneath. <laughs> that they're just going <laughs> to shove it on top of any old Italian crossover bits and bobs. No, no. So uh, that, they, they don't know what it is underneath yet. Um, <laughs> but they need that's what they need to figure they out are, now. They are at the early stage, aren't they? They are at the early stage. Yeah. Um, all right, and then uh, after that, we have... Oh, this is quite exciting. So, um, uh, a preview of a new show that we've got coming up. So, this is an online-only show um, called TG2 Cars and Stripes. So, it's going to be on YouTube uh, later this summer, basically. And the idea was um, that it's presented by Jethro Bovingdon and myself, two British blokes, went out to America and drove a load of American cars in America uh, and just had some fun with it. But we've set it up as um, five 30-minute episodes that will be released one a week on YouTube um, with a couple of films in each episode, and then Jethro and I talking. Just so people don't know, Jethro is the Top Gear America presenter as well, but also well-known UK motoring journalist, if you're into the, our little world. Exactly, exactly. So we're. Um, I'm not going to give... Uh, too much away. I mean, you can buy the magazine and see the full preview of all the ten films that we shot out in America. Um, but we're going to do. We're going to get Jethro on the line. We'll do some um, more in-depth podcasts about TG Two and the making of all those films. We did a big two-week stint out in America that was that was great fun. Just bombing around and 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 making um filming sort of back to back in the desert and Arizona, and we went to Moab in Utah and uh, California, all over the place. Um, so it's been a really exciting project, um, and it's sort of kind of big, ambitious, um, about as big and ambitious as the YouTube projects get that we've that we've been on. Um, and then off the back of that, um, Jethro's driven the family Huckster. Now, if you know what that is, it's uh, Travis Pastrana's. Um, What's it based on? The Subaru, 1980s Subaru... GL. Yeah. GL. <laughs> but also, it's basically his Jim Carner car. Just to cut to the chase of <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. YouTube, on YouTube. It's, it's the one that jumps bridges. Like, the whole bridge is <laughs> 165 miles an hour. But we went out to the East Coast uh, to drive that. And uh, Jethro has a penchant f- for destroying tyres. Mm-hmm. So pairing him up with Travis was pretty... Um, it was, it was a match made in heaven, basically, especially when Subaru USA, who were absolutely fantastic at like, organising this with me and making it work, said, um, we've got 64 sets of tyres for you to go through. 64 sets? Yes, exactly. <laughs> there was a whole American truck full of them, plus a spare car, which was the body shell, oh, the whole word. So, Jethro um, must have been breathing quite heavily at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm allowed to use them all. No, but it, it, during filming, Travis can get through a set of tyres in under 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. they're very, very good at um, putting tyres on and that's off. Quite good. That's quite <laughs> good for destruction. It's going, is. isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> so again, we're going to have to get um, Jethro on because we need that the, the, the story of that day. It's it's essentially the sort of setup was a bit like a driving lesson, although, you know, Jethro will balk, I don't need driving lessons. And then he jumps in the car with Travis and goes, oh, maybe I do. Well, it's quite <laughs> interesting because no one had ever driven the car before. 
Uh, it was only ever Travis, and Travis had never been a passenger either in any of his cars. <laughs> He's not the type to be one. So yeah. then bolting in a passenger seat and saying, can you show how it works, um, yeah. was really interesting. And it's one of the coolest cars out there. You can see it. it, it, it it's super versatile because it can do hill climbing stuff. You've seen it at Goodwood Festival. Speeder came second this year after the McLaren Solus. Um, but also then it's just a Gymkhana car, so you can just set it up to just drift everywhere. Yeah, handbrake. Pull the handbrake and just have some yeah. fun. And it has my favourite active aero, I think, on any car. If you, if you see a clip of it, you find it on YouTube. Every time he stands on the brake, this huge wing just launches yeah. out of the roof. Oh, and it's got the it's like velociraptor gears, yeah. isn't it? One flaps as well. Yeah, these yeah. flaps pop up off the wheel arches. It just completely yeah. transforms and changes shape. It, it, but it's, it's also pneumatic, and I can say it's not like a, a Polestar or something where mm. it would notice if there's a hand in the way if you're closing the boot or something <laughs> if you want to put your head between there it It'll is bite. a, a Gymkhana guillotine basically so don't yeah, stay well away when but, you're sort of mid four wheel drift and these flaps are going up and down, how much difference is it making to the aero or is it all part of the theatre no 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 there's actually a lot of oh theory. someone's drank it was the hell no it was to help oh. make it fly because um, <laughs> when, when you're sending a car over a jumper at 165 miles an hour they kind of have to think oh, a tiny bit that about that is quite cool it trims the car in the air. No, no, it was just, it doesn't, no, it's not full flaps like an airliner, but they do help. <laughs> well, really they should have the thought land. of that. <laughs> if um, Travis is going to, you know, take off at 165, which is what he does in his Jim Carner video, by the way, mm. then that'd be quite useful, wouldn't it? I'm coming in hot, nose heavy, back flap. There's loads, there's loads <laughs> of stories about how they film that that we learn and just. Travis's mentality, which is basically have no brain and just, <laughs> just go for it. Um, but I think we should try and get Travis on the line too to just talk to you. But the car is awesome, has so many cool details. Um, yeah. And there's cool. a full film coming on that too. Yeah. So lots more cool. on that. Sorry, we sort of flew past that a little bit. But um, as I say, uh, by the mag, you can, you, you can read the full preview. We've got all the films in there and it explains a bit about what the series is where you can watch it uh, and and everything else but we'll do some separate pods on that because there's there's so many cool cars that we've driven got talk so about you talk doing about. a great big jump in a car jack say no more oh. than that <sighs> come on let's 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 save it you know just another day in the office ollie um that's what i do now jumps but, it's on my cv q you were in america too weren't you with uh the, I think oh, yeah. the, the, the most niche body style of car in America. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I was um, I was following up on something which we tried to do years ago and got kiboshed by COVID because a few years ago, um, Audi announced that the the current RS6, that you know incredible looking Darth Vader on wheels, big wheel arches, super estate car, they were going to take it back to the USA. They were going to sell it in um, in the United States and this was the first RS6 for like 20 years to be sold in the States and I wanted to go over there and like drive the first one off the boat maybe and say you know welcome back Avance mm. to America and then of course we couldn't travel and nothing ever happened of it then I got wind that there was a new version of the RS6 coming out so this is like the, the sort of the next evolution of it it's called the RS6 Performance it has another 30 horsepower it's got bigger turbos it's got lighter wheels it's got 8 kilos less soundproofing in it to make the V8 rumble a bit more inside and they were, um, they had a couple in San Francisco that we could go and drive. Now, ordinarily, we wouldn't go all the way to San Francisco for another 30 horsepower and a bit less bubble wrap, you know, under the bulkhead. Especially when they have the cars in the UK at the same time, too. <laughs> yeah, there's bubble wrap. A little bit of that. And also, this whole thing nearly got um, kiboshed because um, the, the, the ship that had brought them over from Germany docked in San Francisco. And um, they then found out that all the San Francisco dockyard workers had gone on strike. 
So all the cars were trapped on the boat. So when I actually landed, we didn't actually have any cars to drive. So that was a <laughs> not a good day to be an Audi PR no, who had just spent the last four months organising. Yeah, event. exactly. Yeah, yeah, the logistics that had gone into that. But the reason that I was keen to have it was not because I could go and you know swan around um, San Francisco in it. I wanted to go and meet nutters lunatics in America who like wagons because it is such a rare thing. I mean, this is the land of the SUV, isn't it? It's the four by four, you know, the truck is king. And back in the day, everyone had, you know, every all these um, wood panelled estate station wagons. America was the home of them. And I actually went and did some totting up, right? Little preview of uh, early quiz for you chaps, right? Between Buick, Cadillac, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Ford, Dodge and Lincoln... Today, in 2023, how many estate car models do you think are offered between all of those massive manufacturers? I'm betting it's either zero or one. Any advance on well, zero the, or one? They did the CCSV wagon, didn't they? There was a Cadillac yeah, CCSV yeah, yeah. wagon. I think it's dead now. But I, don't know, I bet it's zero. You're quite right. Not a single wagon <laughs> is offered by any of those manufacturers. They've all gone SUV only. So, you know, wagons are just this complete niche prospect in the States. So I thought, aha, what we'll do is we'll go and find the ultras, the people who rage against the dying of the station wagon. And um, yeah, we organise a little car meet in um, in the car breaking capital of the United States, <laughs> as it turned out. Whoops, silly me. Uh, yeah, it turns out that um, Oakland, California, if you, you know, blink, someone will put a baseball bat through your car and steal whatever you've left it's on the back seat. It's proper epidemic note, side note, go on YouTube and people just stealing anything out of the back of the cars because they just don't care. Yeah, there's signs literally everywhere in the same way that you'd have a sign in the UK saying like, you know, no parking, no waiting or CCTV in operation. There's just signs going, do not park here, like, and then just like a graphic of a window getting busted in. So, yeah, yeah all these lovely people came to meet me um, <laughs> with their priceless and, you know, with their family big glass windows. Estate, yeah, with their big glassy cars. And, um, no, we were lucky that, um, a fantastic car dealership called Fantasy Junction um, who are just in a kind of nondescript as you'd want to be um, lock up in um, in Emeryville just around the corner from the headquarters of Pixar um, they've got a you know shed full of flipping you know Jag E-types and Aston Martins and pre-war Bentleys Ford GT40s but they had a parking lot as well and I said could I sling some station wagons in there and they went yeah, you weirdo. You can go <laughs> well, that. No, wasn't it great? <laughs> Didn't the owner have a Volvo? No, that is true. I was browsing their inventory, and then among all like you know the one of one Maserati Indianapolis Coupe for auction at one point eight million dollars, and the Porsche GT3 RS Vice Arc Edition was a Volvo V70R, and of course I got <laughs> quite hot under the collar and thought, "Whoa, who does this belong to?" And it was it belonged to the owner, so that's why I knew he was a long roof enthusiast. So um, yeah, we had about uh, uh, ten owners come from. You know, one guy drove 14 hours from Seattle in his uh, what he calls the Quattro Mog, which is an Audi A4 with modified with monster truck suspension. We had an 80 year old in his 1950s Chevy Bel Air. We had you know Audi S4s dropped on bags with massive wheels and rolled arches. We had a totally bone stuck Mercedes E55 AMG. We did have a CTS V-Run, you know, the, the, the king of the American wagons. And um, we just all met up and talked about what's great about having a car with a load of junk in the trunk. Just <laughs> slagged off SUVs, basically. Oh, yes. Yeah. We oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> booed as they went, as they, as they drove <laughs> past. Yeah, it's just fun. I think, you know, like you, if, if you're a regular reader of Top Gear, you've seen Rowan's feature recently on you know, slab and lowrider culture in the States. You've seen Mark Riccioni talking about, um, uh, you know, 
Japanese guys who've converted race cars to use on the road. I think it's always fun we can go and immerse yourself in someone else's car culture. Yeah. Like ours is like Goodwood, like we were talking about earlier. You know, it's effectively like a lot of our car meets and stuff revolve around having a garden party, effectively, and there being posh cars and polishing the chrome and talking about originality. But all over the world, there are you know tribes and groups of people who just mm. are united by a group of cars and i think it's particularly fun when they're outsiders when they're not you know i'm not talking about here about like muscle car fanatics mm. you expect that in america mm. but you don't expect someone to have preserved a 1962 um what was it a chevy malibu and then put a 700 horsepower supercharged v8 under the bonnet but kept the external totally stock i mean as a sleeper goes it makes the rs6 look like a LaFerrari. That's not hiding yeah. under anyone's radar, yeah. but this thing absolutely <laughs> was. And the guy who bought it was totally unassuming. Lovely bloke. They were all just... What did they think of the new RS6? It was interesting how the guys who had the more modern stuff, so the chaps who turned up with the likes of the CTSV and the E55, they were fawning over it. I mean, I had to give yeah. them napkins. They were dribbling. It was, <laughs> ins- you know, they were just like, oh, what a beautiful car. Oh, the touchscreen. Of course, I was like, get out. We only like tactile <laughs> buttons here. But the guys who like the older stuff were just a bit like, mm, that's, you know, they, you open the bonnet and they just looked at the wires and went, nope, you can't work on that. That's just all stuff to go wrong. Rear wheel steering. Why don't you just kick the tail out if you need to turn around in a hurry why don't you just do a donut you know they didn't really get it so yeah we had it was a broad church but it was yeah it was just really really good fun to go and chat about a kind of car that's effectively died in america and yeah doesn't deserve to i think yeah. there's a follow-up feature here which is um uh uk based the, the the sort of strange people that um import and restore and look after crazy american cars over here yeah because you know it's side. so yeah the wagons are, are a, a european thing which we kind of yeah. take for granted that every single manufacturer offers an estate car from like mm. dacia to to well almost ferrari up till recently whereas in america they kind of fetishize them yeah. it's this weird forbidden fruit where and i guess that's the same thing with you know if you had a camaro over here yeah you'd be an eccentric oh, but in like, america that's a higher car like caddy Eldorados and stuff. There's always like some bonkers person that lives in like Hammersmith in the middle of London <laughs> yeah, with yeah. takes taking up four parking bays outside yeah. their house. Yeah, like, like fair play. Liberace. <laughs> a qu- a quick point on that RS6. Mm. It does look very, very good on those new on those wheels. Yeah, they're um so it's got if you've seen the pictures of it um, in the mag, if um anyone's yeah. listening's got one to hand, it's got these sort of spidery, very slender spokes. They're 22 inch wheels. Ooh. But what they're not just there yeah. for style, they are f- because they're four and they are so slender and they've got hollowed out spokes. They're five kilos lighter per corner. So the whole car is 20 kilos lighter, but as anyone will know, sets up cars. If you make the wheels lighter, that helps out your ride, it helps out your turning, your handling, everything, because it is unsprung weight. It's the bit that's on the road, basically. So, um, yeah, it just looks fab on those wheels. And also, I hate being given a black car to go and do a photo shoot or a video. No, you don't hate it. The photographer that you're working with hates it. I quite like it. But it it looks so good. Gets upset. Yeah, it looks brooding and yeah. inky cool. Yeah. No, but we had that uh, the the RS6's uh, less booty brother, the RS7 in the other day on the same wheels, and mm. I thought they were a bit too much. They are so vast. I think they were really? so thin. Yeah. Are they 23s or they were the? Oh, I think 20... they were, Can you get 23s as well? No, no. To 20. These are the, the maybe the, the, the wheels yeah. for the performance. So yeah, ultimately the RS6 performance, it's it's got a clever new diff in it, and it will do some silly things if you get really sort of heavy with the throttle. But that wasn't really the star of the show. That was to kind of take along and you know the newest wagon into America, the newest super wagon, and possibly the last super wagon you will be able to buy in the United States to go and meet the defenders of the of the faith, really. But I just yeah can't believe that 
the family wagon is gone from the world's biggest car market. Yeah, and it, it upholds something that we've long known, which is features with people in them are always the best. Yeah, and yeah. It, you know that whole thing about like dog owners start to look like their dogs. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> there's a th- there's You're a, a bulldog <laughs> owner, aren't you? People. <laughs> <laughs> the um, there's a total thing here about people who modify their cars and end up turning into them. Like the you know the guy um, who turned up with his uh, 1959 Buick Lesabre, which had a surfboard on the roof. And he had turned it into a beach cruiser. And he was there in the Hawaiian shirt and the snapback hat. And I would have looked preposterous. I would have looked like a you know, bad Gordon Murray tribute act. Whereas he just looked so cool. And the guy who had the low rider had, you know, jeans that were equally low riding. And it just was like, ah, oh, you just guys. Scraping just scraping along the pavement. Yeah. Oh. And uh, the guy who brought his Pontiac Safari, which is a sort of a late 50s uh, two-door, so a shooting brake wagon. And this was Jay Ward. He is um, one of the big guys at Pixar. He was one of the masterminds behind Cars, the franchise, because he's obsessed with 50s car culture and he was there like his brill creamed hair looking like he'd stepped straight out the 50s you know that kind of post-war american optimism and it was just like there he turned up with his white wall tires grease lightning yeah exactly it was full grease (laughs) lightning and yeah it was it was just fab it was really eclectic mix a lot of these guys had never met each other before you know i had a family turn up with they brought the kids as well because yeah it's wagons why wouldn't you out well yeah could fast wagons be making a Come back. We were talking earlier, just before we switched the mics on, about um, BMW. Obviously, the M3 Touring, we're very excited about. Mm. Could there be, you know, even faster versions of that coming? They've recently confirmed an M5 Touring yeah, as well. That broke um, topgear.com the other day. You Speaking know, of icing the servers. Could this be a little low-key low key comeback? I think it's that we're into that territory again of engineers who know that we're in the end days of internal combustion, who know that, you know, the thirst for SUVs is just increasing all the time. They know it's now or never. Like we were talking about earlier with our M2 mega test, it's the same with wagons. You've got to do them now because there simply won't be the opportunity to again. So we're going to get some cool stuff. I happen to know that there's a... This is not as extreme as the current Audi RS6 will get. There is something else on the way. I'll leave that one hanging. But yeah, if you like a bit of wagon culture and um, you know you, you like cars from the fifties, the sixties, right through to the modern day, check out that in the mag. Keep your eyes on TopGear.com for that exclusive news story that you just go. Oh, it's much later in the year. Well, we'll <laughs> but see. Yeah. Oh, and head over to YouTube as well because there's also a video of all these wagon easters um, meeting up and chatting the breeze. It's yeah, there's the guy that you may drive 14 hours and he used for a soundbite of 20 seconds. He made him drive 14 hours. You will drive 14 hours to see me. Yeah, this was a guy who drove across three states in the middle of like a driving winter to go and pick up an Audi RS2, which is his other car. He has a Quattro called the Quattro Mog, this modified wagon. And he also has, you know, an RS2 in green, which he drove across three states to go and pick up. I mean, the guy is not sane. So, yeah, Kirk, if you're listening, <laughs> Kirk. Imagine, imagine being called Kirk. Good legend. Me. Yeah, Kirk, thanks very much for um, making yourself deaf and mad. 14 hours to go and see Ollie Q. Turn that round, wouldn't you? Yeah, you just get about halfway there and go, nah, not, nah. I'm glad the listeners aren't this rude. Enjoy Um, enjoy the feature. (laughs) So, uh, and then, and then, just, just to, we'll just touch on this one because we need to do the quiz. Let's be honest. I can see you twitching. 
you're ready. ready. I don't even know what it is. And it's a summer special. Just finally, um, so we uh, we got a chance to shoot. Um, you've probably seen um, and heard about this car. In fact, the, the, the video of Tom Ford doing a walk around of it in the studio is already on YouTube. So go and watch that. It tells you everything you need to know, including a very, very cool transition shot. You've not said what it is yet. It's the Tamiya Wild One Max. There we go. Made by the little car company. The little Sorry. car company who seem to be the busiest OEM in the world because they <laughs> yeah. are bringing new cars out every week, which are other people's cars, just smaller. Yeah. Uh, but probably just as expensive a lot. They're making <laughs> yeah. the Chinese startups look like slackers, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Just absolutely on it with their so miniature you, recreation. Yeah, if you're an 80s child and you, you grew up um, making Tamiyas, you probably made a wild one. Which is a one of the buggies, the off-road buggies that they make. Ollie's nodding. I think he. Probably... I, bought, I built a frog. A frog. Tell me a frog was oh, mine. Nice. Yeah. Um, so they built a, essentially a, a life-size version of this for big kids. Uh, mm. It's a sort of two-seater electric off-road buggy. I mean, questionable how you'd actually use this thing. It will go. I think it. It'll go sort of 60, 65 miles an hour. It's and got, you can pay yeah. to have it road legalised, can't you? They will put indicators and number plates on it for you. And the one in our pictures has got number plates Hell on. of a flex turning up to the office in one of those. But the thing is, I think this has been done already. It's called an aerial nomad. Mm. Uh, and I still think it's just about the best thing in the world ever. Ding, 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 ding. Ollie Marriage mentions the aerial nomad. Well, let's do the twin test, Ollie. You drive the nomad. I'll chase you around in one of those. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's great fun. And... And um, the little car company, what I love is that what they're doing, they know they're just a very expensive toys for for big kids and small kids Mm. as well um, with parents who have deep pockets. But it's just fun, you know, Um, and and the quality of what they're making is and that's what's making them stand out. And that's what's giving them traction is the fact that they're actually um, building these things properly. Um, and if I could just take one moment to point out that at the time of recording, it is exactly one year since I used the little car company's Ferrari Testarossa Junior to set the electric lap record at Fiorano, oh, which has not yet been broken. Ferrari, <laughs> where you at? Because I'm still at the top Bring of the it, leaderboard. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it. Where's your Come at me with your electric Purisangue. Yeah, I'm, I'm still at the top with a <laughs> two and a half minute lap. Nice, nice, nice. All right, come on. Let's get into the um, quiz. There's uh, three of us here today. Day, so two guesses each um so yeah this is the part where um the quiz master aka ollie q um takes one of his top nines that he writes brilliantly for the mag each month and for online brilliantly brilliantly um, underlined he writes brilliantly um <laughs> his top nines everything else is rubbish but the top nines are particularly good uh and yeah so we have to guess what has made his list there's um, no there's no rhyme or reason there's no there's no particular you know, meritocracy to it. It's just the cars that I remembered while I was writing it. Remind me of the new rule that we made uh, a few weeks back, which is that if we... If it's an answer which, like, deserves to have been on the list, but I kind of forgot about, you get half a point. Right. So, because we've we had listeners sort of writing in going, it's a bit unfair that because you couldn't read Ollie's mind, <laughs> you didn't get a point. So now you get half a point to um, to make it a bit okay. more Okay, who wants to go first? Well, I'm oh, to well, what's, yeah. yeah, you can go first, Jack. <laughs> guess right. a car. Okay, um, my guess is a car. There you go. Yeah. See, I'm going to clue everyone in first so you can play along at home. Um, since, as you'd have seen, you know, where you're probably drying out your long johns in the UK mm. right now, it's summer. Summer is here. Hurrah. 
So that got me thinking about sun-seeking cars and cars that had very strange ways of stowing their roofs. So I'm looking for top nine weird and wonderful folding roof mechanisms, please. Hmm. Fold- right. Folding roofs or removable roofs? Can yeah. we have anything that's convertible, A way please? of taking the roof off a car, which okay. is unconventional. Let's yeah. leave it at that. I don't want to give you too many clues. And I can tell Jack is... Is itching I've to got some ideas. spit out I've an idea. I'm very happy to go first because I've find somewhere to write the most down. ridiculous thing I've ever driven. Um, the Citroen C3 Pluriel. Cracking is, car. Tell us about the Citroen C3 right, Pluriel. So it was designed originally, it was this little, it was based on Citroen C3, but it didn't look exactly like a C3 Super Mini. But the, the idea was it had a roof that was like an old 2CVs and then it went all the way back. Fabric roof. Fabric roof went all the way back. But then they realised that wasn't quite convertible enough in this day and age. So the idea was is that it went all the way back, it detached, and then the whole side rail of the car that went from the windscreen to the back of the car came off. It was like having two giant elephant tusks that that you then had put in your garage because you couldn't take them with you. So you either chose to have a convertible at the start of the day or not a convertible at the start of the day. Which is fantastic for the British weather. (laughs) Ideal, isn't it? And it was the most ludicrous thing. Yeah. Absolutely ludicrous. And I'm pleased to tell you it was one of the top cars on my list. Yeah, that is a (laughs) correct answer. I give you the point for that. Do you know what blew my mind when I was looking at this? Mm. That went on sale in 2003, the Pluriel. You Mm. know, little fun car and it, you know, would have got some headlines at the time. It was on still on sale in 2010. Seven years later, and the novelty hadn't worn off. I mean, it survived the recession. Who, who in 2009, while the economy was just detonating, was going... Still just trying to get rid of you know that. that. You know that six-year-old Citroen where you have to leave the roof at home? I fancy one of those. <laughs> They're just trying to get rid of that initial production run of 100 cars. That they yeah, made. still the They're same. just like, well, cannot get rid of these. Yeah, the Pluriel, the five rooms in one, definitely worthy of being on the top nine. Rowan? I'm, I'm going quickly because I don't want you to take it Jack Um, but also this is not breaking news because we've already seen it but it's in my diary for this week this mechanism I've had to book out 45 minutes of my day (laughs) on the Porsche 718 RS Spider launch to learn how the roof works now if if any roof takes 45 minutes to to go up or get down or to learn how to use it it must be complex. I know it, there is a complicated sheet I have to put across it somehow, some clips. I know you've done it, Q, but it's got to be on there. It is a correct answer, yes. Well done, Rowan. The 718 Spider RS, which, I mean, summer in the UK has been known to last 45 minutes, so you better sort of hop to it. Yeah, this was, it's a funny one because, so this is the, the ultimate spider, the ultimate boxster, I should say, and so it has a manual folding roof. But because of that mad engine it now has in the middle of it, the 4,000, the 400 brake horsepower, 4 litre, 500 brake horsepower, isn't it? 9,000 RPM engine. Where they've had to move the air intakes to, they give you the deafness in the GT4 RS, I mean, they had to move where the roof was mounted. So all of a sudden they had to redesign the roof. And as a result, it's much more complicated. And yeah, there is a video of me doing it on YouTube and I have to yodel for a German man to come and help me. <laughs> so that's two points. And how long did it take you? Uh, we had to use you, a time you run lapse. a clock. You actually run a clock on it. Yeah, I, at least a minute. Mm. Which is but I think it's two, but being, two of you. But I'm being helped by the man who designs the car. <laughs> so I'm, I'm only slowing him I'm down. I'm gonna say there's there's a bit of buffer room in that forty five minute demo. Right. Ollie's got a point. Rowan's got a point. I'm going to lose my fingers on Jack. it. Okay. I'm gonna go with the car um with one of the most unfortunate names uh in the history of the automobile, the Renault Wind. Um, do you remember that? The, <laughs> yes. the Twingo based mm. two seater thing. Um and I 
I, I've sort of got this vague vision of it. It's a kind of a flip back roof. So it sort of which has. Just I would, I, I would say it's the blue roof, which is another answer, which I'm going to keep in my back pocket. I was, just, gonna, I was just giving away a car. I thought listeners are going to know what the car is. Exactly I just like to say that. Do you mean the Super America? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's wipe that out. Yeah. his first answer. I'm not having it. We're not. We're, no one's written in yet. Go. No, no. You can have as many guesses no, as you like. I'm going with the Renault Wind. No. I remember driving that car. I remember they did an engineer by Renault just, Sport version. I want you to just do that mime you did again when you said flip top roof. You kind of mimed running your hair through a mullet. It was beautiful. <laughs> no, no, no. no it's because the hinge was behind you, and it was just like listeners. He's sort of running his hands through an imaginary kind of you know <laughs> David Ginola, if you can remember that far back haircut. Oh, anyway, know. it's an incorrect answer because it's not the one that I put on the list. Sorry, oh. <laughs> well, in that case. I'll that's say five seven five super American. That's half all day. I mean, half a point. Should we give him half? You can't put the super American oh, on the list right. and not give me a point for the wind. It's the same mechanism. I knew this rule was going to cause problems. That car's built through a budget. It's an, actually a more impressive piece of engineering because imagine, you know, that was a cheap car. Whereas a super America, you know, he's a man of the people. But it was, we'll give it him was half a stupid point. design, wasn't it? Because any water, say it started raining, any water that just fell on the rear deck. Mm. Then when you closed it, it literally just tipped it all well, this over is the you thing. on it. So, Ollie, your guess was the Super America, right? Mm. The Ferrari. I'm going to give you the second point for that. That is a correct oh, answer. I was, I was, no, that was a complete fluke. I didn't think I'd be allowed to do that <laughs> That's straight after you've done that. No, I, I, knew, I, knew, I could see you itching to say it earlier on. But yeah, so Ferrari came out with this. It was the drop-top or open-top version of the 575. And Rowan, exactly as you say, it was a, basically like a giant wok that would land on the back deck of the car, fill with dirt and dust mm. and water, and then it would deposit Bird it. Poo. Exactly, yeah. It would yeah. drop it all onto your lovely um, tan interior and your lovely sun tan when you close the roof. But the Renault wins, which I am going to give you half a point for, was actually cleverer because it when they flipped it back, it had a cover over the yeah. roof. So, so what you're saying is it was a better car than the, the 575? It Super was a better America. car. I'm not saying it was a better guess. You're still <laughs> only getting half a point. <laughs> go on, Ron. Okay, I'm... Is it a mechanism? I, I don't know. I'm just going to go for it. It's, I'm going to get no points. I know it. It always happens. But the Lamborghini Aventador's Roadster's roof, where it's just the two tiles. I don't know if they're carbon or not. I can't remember what they're actually made of. Mm. But you have to get the order correct, which you can never do. And then you store them in the front of the car. And you which can never, they which, never fit. They never, you never know which way they go around. <laughs> it's like one of those puzzles you'd get during lockdown, just to keep you going for a few months. Um, there is actually no solution. It's just designed to eat your time. They then on. did start putting little different coloured dots of which one you have to put into the bottom left to go into the bottom right, etc. But I'm sure someone in the factory just would screw with you and just change the colours around because <laughs> it's impossible. But that was a very frustrating, annoying. I do know the mechanism because... you mean because I did once do a shoot up in the Scottish Highlands with an Aventador SVJ Roadster and the roof had to come on and off and on and off all the time and yeah you end up just with no fingernails left but I'm not counting that as one of the weirdest and wonderful. Oh, it's just a Targa so it's a two-piece Targa I'm not giving you a point for it I'm sorry you're remaining marooned on one point <laughs> okay. just giving something else away there so I'm going to go with um, uh, the Chevy SSR which was that completely bizarre Chevy pickup that was a folding hardtop pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I remember it. That's your guess. You've locked that in. Lock it in. 
That has to be one of the... M- Why is it bizarre? Yeah, it's, it's just a folding, a, hard, it's a folding yeah. hard top pickup truck. Yeah, but exactly. But oh, look, look, look see the It stores vertically. Yeah. That's quite weird. But the, the car itself is interesting in that it's a folding hard top pickup truck. But the yeah. roof, a folding hard top, Mercedes oh, SLK... Sorry, I didn't realise you saw roofs like that on pickup trucks the whole time. <laughs> no, it's, it, you're talking about the car itself being interesting. I want about the roof itself, like the Pluriel. The roof, the, 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 the Pluriel is the perfect example. Boring car, super mini, with a mad roof on top. I'm looking for a mad roof roof on a normal car, not the other way around. Stop defending your list that is incomplete. Oh, he's not allowed another go, is there? <laughs> no, he's not. So, Jack stays on half a point, Ryan's got one, and Ollie wins with two. Oh, yeah. and, no one's men- and no one's mentioned the PT Cruiser Cabrio. Oh, but what was weird well, about that? Well, they shouldn't that? have. It wasn't on the list. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I drove past no, one of those the other so day. Awful. It kind of had the, um, the rollover it had the rollover. It had a rollover. It was like inside I don't actually, the glass. I never drove. I don't know how it worked or anything. It just looked awful. Yeah, looked awful. What else was on the list? God, then? Yeah, what else? I the Honda CRX Del Sol. Remember this? But it basically no. carried its own. Wasn't that like a Renault Windroof? No, it had a sort of pizza box that electronically raised out of the oh. like a sort of helipad, and then yeah. the roof kind of got posted into it. It's yes. really, really odd. It's sort of difficult to Didn't describe. Did the Suzuki X90 do something similar as well? Mm. The, the Suzuki X90 did everything. It's the one car, it's the Swiss Army. Yeah. 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 <laughs> of answers for weird stuff. Yes, yeah. it's on all the lists. <laughs> I was also looking back at, it's really fun to look back at the very early days of folding hardtop roofs and things because people think, oh, that must have been invented by the SLK or the Peugeot 206cc. No, the pre-war, there was a Peugeot called the 402 Eclipse where the whole roof comes off and folds itself into the boot, but in one piece. So it's not a folding roof, it's just a disappearing roof. And um, how, yeah. how was it powered? Was it little hamsters and wheels, just sort of? <laughs> it was, no, it was electric, but it was, it was like the, um, the, 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 the most popular one that came after the war, the Ford Fairline Sky, Skyliner, see if he says, chewing on his words, that had seven electric motors in Whoa. 1957. I mean, can you imagine what an absolute reliability nightmare that was? Wait, so there's a few more. wasn't a huge concern on the, that not, particular car. Not for 1950s American, no. So there's a few no. more. Well, you can find the full list online and you can get more than half a point. You're better than Jack. No, I think we could do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> not, well, be better than Jack, that's all right. But it's easy. But no, also, we can get you involved as well because I think for this week's Spotify poll, we should put a list of some of the more interesting roofs and we want to know which you think is the best. Yeah, so, the most bonkers, yeah. There is the most bonkers, yeah. Which mm. one would you, would you support to come back? Chevy SSC, I think. Probably. SSR? You don't even know the it's car. SSR. <laughs> Just while we're on that note of interactions, they're flooding in, which oh. we're actually loving. And there's a very active account, someone called Porsche. Yeah. It could be the manufacturer. I don't know. It could be what, actual Porsche Just, from Germany enjoying the podcast. We don't know. We don't get any demographic details, but they're getting involved in the poll, which is always good yeah. um, week after week. But just the interactions, very, very popular, not just because of Porsche, but it was the episode, What is Your Favourite Porsche? <laughs> they outlined a lot. Big fans of 911 Dakar, apparently. Oh, really? That's what they kind of want to pump. Yeah. But yeah, everyone is getting involved. So please let us, can you rate and review the podcast? Keep active in the comments uh, and we'll keep going. But also, shouldn't they be buying the magazine and doing the other things, Jack? Buy the magazine, by all means. And then some of what we just talked about might make sense. <laughs> um, available in all good shops. Buy a subscription. You can even order individual copies to be delivered to your house if you can't be bothered to go out. Uh, make we- sure you check out all our social media channels, of course. Uh, Ro, what social media platforms are we on? Oh, the list is endless. We're even on the new one, Threads. Threads. Are you threaded yet? I'm, I'm not threaded yet. 
You just go to the, that's where you go to the um, get your eyebrows done, isn't it? No, that's I'm just still on um, MySpace. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, we're on Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> Check out the YouTube channel. Topgear.com's absolutely flooded with news and reviews all the time. Instagram's been booming this week as well, isn't it? Lots mm. of highlights from Goodwood a few weeks ago were um, very, very popular on there. People... Like and the TikTok, the oh yeah, stuff. the McLaren Solus GT's canopy and a fire up that I got, that all went a bit bananas. But also, thank you to all the people that we saw at Goodwood, who came and said hi. Yeah. Mm. No idea who mm. I was, uh, they knew my voice. There was a great moment, maybe we should talk about this, where someone came up and said, Jack, I listened to the podcast, I love the podcast, I just wanted to say hi. Rowan was standing next to me, little did he know that he was <laughs> standing next to one, one of the co-hosts. Yeah. And uh, Rowan then, uh, at some point in the conversation... I just said, oh, should we go for lunch? And he yes. goes, oh, went, I know your voice, you're in the podcast too. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was like the guy who does the Hollywood trailers, you know, in a world where there's a podcast. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, one of those people where you know the voice. Rowan, the voice, Horncastle. Mm. Anyway, and on that note, um, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. But thanks for listening that was good fun actually enjoyed um, it we'll catch you on the next one bye